Hey everyone, welcome back to Megan's Old Office. My name is J.D. Gorlett, I'm the senior pastor here at Dundee Presbyterian Church in um, lovely Omaha, Nebraska. Uh, sometimes it's more lovely than others, uh, and uh, we like it. And I'm joined once again by my good friend and colleague, Keith Holmes. And Keith is the director of Mission and Small Group Activities. Keith, how are we doing today, man? We are doing well. We are having a grand old time yeah. today. Well, we are, I hope you're uh, right. Yeah. Is that I, a I prediction mean, of the future? That, or? No, I think our topic today isn't as nearly as fun and frolicsome, obviously, but I think it's an important one. So, But we're ready. I, you know, I think we're uh, yeah. ready to do this. Well, we're continuing, if you've been with us, we're continuing our Lenten series on the seven last words of Jesus Christ. It's not seven individual words, uh, it's seven different phrases, things that uh, Jesus said after he had been nailed to the cross. He said seven different things. We've already uh, talked about four of them, Uh, and here's our fifth installment on this uh, series, and we encourage you to check out the series on all your favorite podcast sites, right, Keith? Ooh, that's lovely. And so we're going to be reading, uh, where are we reading from? Uh, What are we reading from today? And then we'll uh, open it up. It's uh, John chapter 19. Yep. Uh, verses 28 and 29, so just real short passages for this yeah, series. Absolutely. And Keith, will open with, uh, we will open with this question for all of you uh, listening. Uh, Keith, when did you feel uh, most like you were a big deal? I'm under the assumption that there has been a moment in your great life where you felt <laughs> like you were a really big deal, and then but to humble both you and I and well, our yes, listeners. right. When was uh when was it not so much? When yeah, was a moment where you it? didn't feel too much like yeah. a big deal? So all of you listening, uh, Keith will lead us. Uh, I'm gonna lead off on this uh, one, yeah. I guess. Okay, so so it actually happened on the same day. Really? Uh, yeah, uh, <laughs> a few years ago. Bit of a roller coaster, right? Right, exactly. That day was a little bit of uh, well, like you said, it's a humbling experience after this. So so it, it a few years ago um, when I got here and and things were moving along here at Dundee Presbyterian Church, I was asked to preach. Uh, you know, the lead pastor was on vacation, and this was before JD's time, and 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 so he asked me to preach, and I said, "Wow, I'm honored," you know, and I really kind of puffed up, you know, and I'm I'm looking at, you know, I'm studying the word, I'm getting ready, I get up on the pulpit and I do this job. People are coming up to me afterwards. Oh, that was wonderful. Oh, that was so great, you know. And you just, my, I, I'm surprised I could get out of the building. My head was so <laughs> swollen because I really did feel like a big deal. It was a pretty amazing moment. And um, I then go home and Alice, who is my wife of many years now, uh, says to me, okay, honey, you're cooking out on the grill today for lunch. Oh, and while you're out there, would you, you know, go, go stir the compost heap? I mean, all of a sudden I go from this monumental moment where I'm actually preaching the word of God and I'm doing this for the, pretty much the first time and to, Stirring compost and back I to mean, the salt mine. Back to the salt, and I'm cooking out lunch. I'm like, aren't we going out to celebrate my victory? No, you're cooking dinner out. You're right. cooking lunch out for your family on the right. on the on the grill, and and oh, you know, trash needs to be taken out. You know, I mean, right back into it. I'm like. You ever suppose you suppose Shakespeare, uh, Picasso, right? uh, any of the any of the great masters, Michelangelo had somebody say, "Hey, I, I, did you take you, the garbage out? What's well, going one on?" One of my heroes is Spurgeon, and I yeah. gotta wonder if the Mrs. great preacher, yes, the great uh, yeah. preacher uh, Charles, Charles Spur- Spurgeon, yeah. 
and and I gotta wonder if Mrs. Spurgeon wasn't the <laughs> same way sometimes. Yeah, Spurgeon uh, was in London and he preached uh, to thousands of people at a time. Uh, he's uh, commonly thought of as the great preacher, greatest preacher in the English language. I yep. mean, Billy Graham, everybody knows that. Right. But Spurgeon uh, predated uh, them all and and uh, and preached to thousands of people. But yeah, in the afternoon, did you know, did he have to go home and, and and take out the garbage, pick up, pick up and, some ground beef, and, and, exactly. and clean out the garage? Exactly. For me, it happened on uh, a St. Patrick's Day in March seventeenth, uh, two thousand and thirteen. I uh, started. Uh, I received uh, the job and accepted the job at a church in Indiana, and it was this grand, uh, beautiful church. I mean, it's like a postcard-worthy church, you know, beautiful brick building, and and I had dreamed of uh, being in a church like this, and they called me as the minister, and I... When you when you get a job like that, any any job as a pastor, you preach uh, a call, what's called a call sermon, and and you don't know anybody there, and they're going to vote on you to take the job, and and so, um, so I preach the sermon, and I get done, I say amen, and everyone in the sanctuary stands up and gives me a standing ovation. I have never had that experience in my life. That was just a remarkable, yeah, they did. Wow. They stood up and gave me a, a standing ovation for the sermon. I was like, that, again, like you're yeah. saying, the e- ego is just raging. Just, yeah. They have the vote, and they, they, you know, they vote to, to have me be the pastor of the church, and... Um, and my son, we, me and my uh, whole family, we go up in front of the church to accept the, the job. And my son, and everybody's applauding. Oh, yeah. And my son, uh, Pierce, uh, my oldest, uh, leans over to me and says, Dad, this is your green jacket, <laughs> which is a reference to, you know, the Masters Golf yes, Tournament where, exactly. you know, they, they basically, the guy who wins gets this green jacket. And it's like being knighted. You right. know, I mean, it, it, you know. In the golf world, it is. That, in, the, are, in the athletic world, that's one of the great trophies, the yep. green jacket. And, and he's like, this is your green jacket well so same kind of thing high and low when they did the vote it was later revealed to me that one person in the congregation voted no that I was not voted there's a standing ovation and everybody saying all these kinds of things my 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 son saying this about the green jacket and so eventually that ballot got back to me because they wrote it out and it yep. was no with three exclamation points. Oh, and I have, I, yeah, I have kept it in my office. It's on yep. my shelf in my office. That's and right. Yep. It, it, uh, and I've put it, I've encased it in plastic as a reminder, you know, don't get to be, you're going to have some really great days. Right. But yep. the, the fact that there was one person in there that would walk. Emphatically. Oh my gosh. Was it, was it just a no? Hated my guts. Absolutely. Apparently. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Three exclamation said no with three exclamation points and uh and i still have that ballot it's it, it, and uh there was uh, somebody in that crowd who um did not like you yeah just absolutely hate my guts and so uh that was an interesting experience yeah. and i think god uh you know i mean he does that to us he does allow us these great moments of incredible victory but then uh obviously god would say you're gonna learn a heck of a lot more from not from those glorious green jacket moments, right? right? Yep. But from those humbling uh, moments. So that same day, and then some other uh, times when I wasn't so much of a of a big uh, of a big deal. And I long term, I in the short term, I hate that uh, right. that crashing down. Oh yeah. Um, 
humiliating, uh, humbling kind of a thing, but then in the long term, I see the value of it. So, so. what you're saying is, is you're very egotistical. Uh, yeah, <laughs> well, you know, because you know, I, I tend to, I tend to give a lot, you know, tell a lot of stories that you know some people want listening might go. Wow, that went deep and dark pretty quick. Right, you're 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 going pretty deep and dark right now. Right so off like the right your off. ego, is, you know, and we don't make any. You know, now to be honest, JD and I don't make any. You know, qual we have no qualms with telling people we're egotistical. Right, right? you know right. that we have big egos. So <laughs> so we tease each other about this a lot. You it's know, like, it's kind of like claiming that there's a nose on our face. Right, right? exactly. And it's so so I'm giving him a little grief, but it is it is one of those humbling moments where. I, I always let I and you may have you may have heard me say it here. You know, it's like when God takes a two by four to your yeah. head. You know, just in those moments where it's like, did you really think you were that big a deal, bigger than me? Right. And 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 Keith, ministry does that. To it us. does. I don't, I don't care it how does. you do it. I don't care how how much you're aware and looking out for it. It humbles you. It, oh it, yeah. It feeds your ego. Um. But then it. it but God doesn't. God doesn't. Want it doesn't work that way. He doesn't want you walking around with that big ego, and and he he clips that down, and he clips it hard. He prunes that bush, yeah. and he will do that no matter how I mean, well you're paying attention. Don't you, don't you think the Bible's full of stories like that? You'd have thought by now, guys, a couple of guys like us that read the Bible on what we would say a regular basis exactly. would know better. But it is so true. It's such a human condition. Exactly, it's such a thing. Exactly. So, well, you speaking know, of the human condition, yeah, exactly. Let's talk about this. You're so you, your theme that you named this one was distress, mm -hmm. which that's why at the beginning, top of the hour, is kind of like, well, this isn't such a happy-go-lucky subject. So here no, we have... to interrupt yeah. you, Jesus is dying. Right. I mean, we're that's progressing. Exactly, this, yeah. this is, we're at the fifth stage, the fifth words, of, last words of Jesus. Jesus is nearing death. He is under great distress, but he is a big deal. He yeah, is he the is biggest the of big all. Deal. He is right. the big deal. Yeah. And yet there isn't anything in these these episodes... Uh, that indicate that he is a big deal. There's right. great distress here. Yeah. Sorry to interrupt. No, there, no, man. no. You're so, fine. Yeah. And and so so that's the the whole point. As so as we you know and and that's if I could go so far as to say for me certainly it's distressing when after a really high high I'm brought low. Right. You know that's the distress for me. And you know because I think I'm a big deal and then I'm humbled by God yeah. in some way. Yeah. And then the distress comes in and then I begin to wonder, well, what did I do in my big headed state that might have hurt someone? Right. So that exactly. even causes me more distress. But anyway, so Jesus, of course, is dying on the cross. This is from John 19. This is verses 28 and 29. Hear now the word of God. After this, when Jesus knew that all was now finished, he said, in order to fulfill the scriptures, I am thirsty. A jar full of sour wine was standing there, so they put a sponge full of the wine on a branch of hyssop and held it to his mouth. Now, I forgot to ask the question before we read, so let me go back and ask that question. I'm going to read this again. Yeah. What You heard him say, it is now finished, So, or the, the writer says that. So what had Jesus just gotten finished doing? Mm -hmm. So what has Jesus just finished doing? So listen again, since this is a short verse, a couple of verses. After this, when Jesus knew that all was now finished, he said, in order to fill, fill the scriptures, I am thirsty. A jar full of sour wine was standing there, so they put a sponge full of wine on a branch of hyssop and held it to his mouth. Mm. So what had Jesus just gotten done doing? What Re was he finishing? Redemption, right? Right, the, uh, the big one, right? We, well, I mean, it's a great yeah. question, because you and I can... Let's just rattle off. Right. Let's just brainstorm 
a list of things that, because you're right, the, the writer, John, says, uh, when Jesus knew that all was now finished. That frames the, the scene that you right. just read. Yep. He knows that everything is now fr- finished. And so you and I can go back and forth, and let's say a few things about what is now finished. He's done redeeming, isn't he? Right. He's done self-offering. Right. Uh, he's done preaching. Right. And everything's now finished. He's done teaching and preaching. Yep. He's done all is now finished. He's done healing. Uh, yep. He's done miracling, if that's a word. You just made it. Yeah, I just made a word, made a, a, word. A, 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 a true to the American tradition that's of cobbling right. a, cobbling well, words together. together. So uh, he also got done. He just got done creating a new family unit, giving his mother to John. Exactly. That we talked. We about. talked about that. Right. Uh, uh, he just got done uh, forgiving the thief on the cross. Right. He just what got else? done promising heaven right to that thief not just forgiving him but saying this is going to happen to you he he like prophesied so he's done prophecy or, or right. talking of the future exactly he's f- finished pro- being be a, a prophet right he's done uh, and being he a certainly was a prophet not yep. only a prophet what else is finished uh you and i talked before the show he's finished uh raising lazarus from the dead that was done uh he's walking uh, on water a few months before before all of this happened right he and the disciples out there walk strolling on the on the ocean on earlier the this sea. morning uh uh, uh, earlier this morning, he get, just got done talking to Pontius Pilate, who was the powerful political, most powerful political authority in that region at that time. And they, what were they doing talking? They were talking about whether or not he was a king. Right. And he just got done ta- saying, yeah, now I'm a king. Yep. My kingdom's not from this world. But yeah, you're right when you call me, call me a king. Yep. Uh, everybody who uh, listens to, to the truth listens to my voice. Yep. Uh, he just got done doing that. Well, and to the Sanhedrin, too, just yep. the night before. He right? got done through, he just got finished telling them the same things that I am he who you know I am the one sent by God I am the Messiah and yeah. they, what did they do they they didn't listen to a word he said he just got finished with his life in the in this world uh we can we, oh, yeah, we, we can you, you and I have just rattled off how many things on the list we can go on and on and on John says uh, he frames this picture this one uh scene for us by saying when Jesus knew he knew he was at peace uh, with the fact that everything was done, right. that he had touched his every base. time on earth was finished. He, he completed his mission, right. that he had done everything that he was called to do. So what had Jesus just finished doing? He had just finished doing everything. Everything. Everything that yep. he needed to do. Everything that you, uh, Keith Holmes, needed him to do, that was done. Right. It, and that's Grace where this scene name. begins. That we established. Exactly. So um, then, yeah. How does Jesus say the I am statement? Yeah, we've I, talked I, about I. There's a lot of I am statements. Right. Yep. Uh, it's important to talk about the background of the I, of, of I am statements. It extends all the way back uh, to the book of Exodus, yep. uh, specifically Exodus ja- uh, chapter three, uh, where uh, God uh, appears to Moses in the burning bush, and Moses is not exactly interested in doing what God wanted him to do. Right. <laughs> yeah. Right. Oh, hey, Keith, yeah. I got a job we, for we you. Got, we got a lot of we get a lot of Jonah, right? Oh my when, gosh. When, when everybody kind of goes, oh well, Jonah is, and it, it's like no. Keep going. Let's right. just look at everybody. Right, exactly. And, and Moses is right up there. You're oh like, my gosh! Uh, he, God comes to him and says, "Hey, I got a job for you." And Moses, is like, "Yeah, no, yeah. I'm not interested." And then he rattles off his own list at that point. Right. Like, well, I can't do this. I don't talk well. I've got right. a limp. I've got to watch these sheep. I, I really gotta... wish you'd send it to somebody right. else. Exactly. But in the midst of that conversation, uh, getting back to the I am part of it, um, Moses is like, hey, "You know." 
who shall I say uh, is sending me? Who? What's your name? Yeah. Uh, he's talking to God, and he's right. like, you know, I'd like to know your name. And without hesitation, God says, my name is Yahweh, which in Hebrew means I am. My name is I am. Yep. Uh, I am what I am. I will be what I will be. My, and, he, and then God says to Moses, tell him I am sent you. And then Jesus comes along, and he does not shy away from it. He's like, I am the good shepherd. Uh-huh. I am the resurrection and the life. I am the vine. I, I am. Right. right. Yep. I, am the, uh, I am the bread of life. Yep. I am the light of the world. Uh, I am the way, and I am the truth, and I am the life. And he right. doesn't shy away from these things. And now it goes past us rather quickly right here in this moment, but here's another I am statement, right. isn't, it? isn't right. there? Uh, uh, and, and the question is, how does uh, Jesus say this I am statement? Well, the I am statement is what? I am thirsty. I am thirsty. Yeah. So let's have some fun with this. You're dying on the cross. Okay. You're, <laughs> now, at this point, Jesus has been on the cross for, I don't know, close to six hours. Right. How do you think that Jesus, let's make a list now of how yeah. he wouldn't have said this. He wouldn't have been on the cross saying, you know, guys, I'm thirsty. I'm thirsty. I'm kind. He would have, yeah, the contraction, I'm thirsty. You know, yeah. yeah, I was just thinking I could yeah. I could go for a nice lemonade. Anybody, uh, anybody got anything? Did anyone bring any water? Right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was right. Uh, uh, but he wouldn't, he wouldn't, he wouldn't make a, I, I guess I don't hear him making a big deal of it. Not, you know, in that booming Shakespearean tone right. that we could all get into, you know, I am thirsty. Right, right. Uh, he, he's not speaking in the Queen's English. Yes, exactly. Uh, he's not doing that. One of the uh, one of the commentators um, uh, that I that I've read and th- that I like uh, quite a bit uh, made the point uh, that literally uh, in the Greek language, which uh, Jesus which was written and Jesus may have been speaking, uh, he spoke uh, Hebrew and Arama- Aramaic too. Uh, when Jesus made that this statement, he literally said, "I am so thirsty." Uh, and Keith, I don't know. Can we even replicate? I mean, when I say that, and he's dying on the cross, he's been there already for several hours. Now, I hope this causes everybody pause to 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 think: How did he say this? How did it sound? I mean, we know the words, right? But how did it sound? You know, do, yep. do you think? You know, I, I think it's more just. Almost, I, I guess I can hear him croaking it out because yeah. being that thirsty, having been having, you know, because most of his bodily fluids have been yes. depleted because he's been whipped and bleeding, yes. and so you know everything is all just he's just a mess. Yes, and and the, you know, and knowing, and then John in that framework of everything is finished, John you know points out that, and he's and then it's just I'm I am thirsty. Yeah, you know, just. I don't know if I don't know if it was just you know a plea or if it was just you know because Jesus was a hundred percent man and a hundred percent God something I'm sure one day we'll get a chance to talk about but right. but that to me I can hear the hundred percent man speaking right that good I point am thirsty right just, there is a complete physical dehydration involved, and a, a physical, six hours in the sun on a cross on a hill in Jeru- outside of Jerusalem you after know, and you make the point this happened yeah. This happened after he had been beaten within right. an inch of his life. Yeah. Lots of people died from the Roman flogging. He right. didn't, but right. they they ripped him apart with and, that. And the night before, you know, the last piece, the last probably the last thing he really had anything to eat or drink was the Last Supper the night before, well before. I have no so, doubt. So it's been at least twenty four hours, or getting close uh, to maybe 
even more. Right. You know, since since the, well, it's been well, more than it's probably sorry. close to about eighteen, 18 hours, 18, hours, 19 twelve hours, to eighteen yeah. hours, yeah. eighteen hours. So yes. think about that. How how long have you gone without water? Right. How, or something to drink. Right. I mean, you know, this is just something where you look at this and you just say, "This poor guy is just physically completely completely and totally spent in his body." And, right. and you make good reference there to the fact that he is. We need to remember he is a hundred percent man. He is hundred percent in the body yep. uh, with all of the appetites and needs that the body has. He's right. gone for more than 12 hours, with surrounded by enemies who are really not interested in giving him a filet mignon and a nice right. glass there of water. There was no last meal here. Exactly. Uh, yeah. They've treated him poorly. And so this, I, how does he say this I am statement? Imagine you standing there. How did he say it? He didn't say, you know, some, like we, yeah. we said, he... He is expressing, if you would have heard him say this I am statement, it would have been one of complete despair, complete distress is the word that we use for this, of complete exhaustion, you know, of physical uh, thirst. So my next question is, where is Jesus at? Where is he at at this point? I think Uh, the simple answer for me is he's at the end of his rope. He's at the end. This is it. This is finished. John says it best. And when he saw that it was finished... Here right. he is. He's at the end of all things. Yeah. And, and just complete, like you said, completely and physically drained. I mean, and even just talking about it, I don't know about you, but I'm already getting that sense of heaviness. Listener, if you're getting that sense too, it, it, it is that it's that sense of distress, of hopelessness, of just, at, you're just, and I don't know that I can say I've ever truly been there where no. I thought for a minute I was going to die. My mm-hmm. life never has put me in a spot right. where, you know, I've been such, I've been in such distress that I, I realized it's the final moments of my life. And then it, obviously they weren't, but I've never been there. I've and more specifically, uh, thanks be to God, um, to build on that, that, that comment uh, made me think about uh, have you ever been at, at that point, and I know you have, all of us, where we don't feel as if we can go on. Right. Uh, we do not feel as if we have anything left to give to some kind of a situation where, um, as with our opening question, you know, when did you feel most like you were a big deal? And then also, when did you not feel so much right. uh, like a big deal? Uh, more specifically, do you remember that time where emotionally, um, maybe physically, but emotionally more specifically, where you felt like you had nothing left to give, where you were completely alone in the world. Oh, yeah. And even in that moment, you still knew you had more that you could do and, and more that... I don't. I think Jesus is somewhere even... You said, I don't think I've ever been there. I, I, where Jesus is at, I don't think anybody has ever been. No. This Where his whole life has been to give... And in this moment when he, where he says, I am so thirsty, I, he's saying, I've expended it all. Yeah. I have not, not left anything back. Way beyond our deepest, darkest moment where we were depressed and sad and didn't feel like we can... I think Jesus is, is, is a few miles past that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Well, I, because, again, going back to the other side of the coin, he was 100% God. He wasn't deserving of any of this that's happened to him. Right. He's not put himself here other than to uh, submit to the will of the Father in heaven. Yeah. He did, you know, I look at my darker moments and I realize they're of my own making. Mm. You know, or or uh, you know, if they if there was an external there are external and I don't want to discount external factors right. that can hurt you, but you know, most of mine I really do think are from, you know, my condition, the condition of a human being. It's where mm-hmm. we are. Mm-hmm. But Jesus is to me it, it's beyond that because he doesn't 
he lived a perfect life. He right. didn't sin. He didn't deserve what he's getting. Great so point. to be to be falsely prosecuted, and I think we all can go there, right? right? We all have had people falsely accuse us or prosecute us or persecute us and say and say, Yeah, wow, you know, that you don't you didn't deserve that. And 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 yet here I am in the midst of my despair. I, that's as close as I get to this. this. And I think you do a great job of struggling towards trying to put into words this indescribable uh, place that Jesus is at. The question is, where is Jesus at? And I think, you know, just to imagine looking up at him on the cross, that's a remarkable experience. Right. Um, that's a remarkable thing to use our imagination, to imagine watching Jesus die. And it, so what I'm, what we're urging you to do, uh, if you're listening, is to not only imagine Jesus dying on that cross, and not only imagine him saying, I am thirsty, but to hear him say, I am so thirsty. And in that moment, in this moment right here, during the season of Lent, or whenever you're listening to this podcast, to sit there and, and realize that with these words, uh, Jesus is saying, I have got nothing left to give. I have given absolutely everything to JD in the name of love. Uh, that, that's how I'm supposed to read this passage, right. to, to look at this and sit there and say, oh my gosh, uh, we want scripture, we want God to tell us that, that he loves us. Right. More than anything else, as is the desire of the human heart, and it gets no better than this moment right here where Jesus on the cross says, "Have," he's basically saying, have no doubt that I love you. Yeah. I have expended Everything. Everything. I have nothing left. I'm Everything. saying that I am thirsty because I am thirsty on a level yeah. that can't be described with words. Right. There is I mean, no, we're well beyond know. the physical here, right? Exactly. Yeah. You're, you're, you're moving into, yeah, I just, oh, my. So, so here he is expressing this deep thirst. So what do the people give him? Yeah. What do, so let's go on then. What do the people give him at this moment yeah. in, of utter expenditure? Well, so the black and white, it's a great question uh, because there's more than one answer oh, here. Yes, there so is. let's get the black and white uh, scripture thing. He says, well, it says right here, Keith, a jar full of sour wine was standing there. So they filled a sponge and they, they gave him. So the answer to your question of what did the people give him is a sponge full of sour wine. But let's ask the question again. Right. What did the people give him? I mean, if you're dying of thirst, hey, yeah. and sour wine is basically vinegar. It, right. This was, if you know the Roman uh, soldiers, this was, they had a they had a cheap wine that they liked. <laughs> Right, the, the biblical Mad Dog Twenty Twenty. It was right? MD Twenty. Right. Probably that's even better than what they were drinking. Oh, right. oh, yeah. definitely. Yeah. We're talking yeah. about uh, a little canteen or a container of water that they, uh, or of, of grape juice. I'm sorry yeah. that, that they probably squeezed themselves. They threw a, a little bit of sugar and yeast in right. and uh, stirred it up. Right, that's, that's their exactly. way of getting. That's Very how you got bitter. through, right? Right. But, Very bitter stuff that they had. They carried with them all the time. Oh my gosh. Now, Keith, you're dying of thirst. Hey. How about a gulp of vinegar? There you go. So right. then let's ask the question, what did the people give him? What did the so people give him? They, another, another answer would be they gave him what was at hand, close at hand. What, what was, was convenient. convenient. Right, yeah. good. And, so, and we do the same thing. Don't we, though? Well, I mean, it's a question you ask. It's a question about what we offer to God. Absolutely. Here's God dying of thirst on the cross, and they give him, yeah, what's convenient. Right. I mean, who, you know, it doesn't sit there and say, Jesus expressed a, 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 a deep thirst. 
and somebody ran and got him some Gatorade, or somebody got him some ice water. Right. Uh, No. No. Here's a, let's just give him this. That'll shot him off. Yeah, that's it. I mean, and, and, and how did they give it to him? What was the, what was the, you know, the convenience, the, or, or, you know, we talked about this in a passage a couple, I think it was last week or the week before that talked about how. You know, they said, now let's watch him come down. So yeah. they mockingly gave him this, maybe. Right. Maybe, right? Well, there certainly are people there who were mocking Oh, yeah, him absolutely. And wanted, the only reason they were there was to mock him. And, and so imagine then this guy thinking, oh, I'll give him, uh, you know, or, or the someone that loved him saying, all right, I'll go get water out of my, you know, I brought along some, uh, 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 and this guy literally pushing them out of the way to go get this sponge, to dip it in this sour wine, to put it to, to my... I mean, not only now are we doing something convenient, we're doing something on purpose to hurt. Perhaps. Uh, to, to, or And those around him. The people that love God, we're purposely hurting them right. as well, making fun of, of this death that, that, that of a loved one. So, I, you know, as a Christian, I often go, well, how many times do I do that? Do I knock somebody out of the way because I think I know what God wants Interesting. more? Interesting. Or... Or, or I, you know, I'm just going to show them I know more than they. That's do. a very interesting point. Isn't that in it? You know, no, the, it is. It's a, you know, well, he's thirsty, but I'll, I, I want to write this next chapter myself. Is right. Basically, what I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. I'm just yeah. going to give him some of this sour, sour wine. Uh, it's a question of convenience. It's a very interesting. Yeah. I mean, it's a question of 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 convenience. It's a yep. confession. It's well, a there's situ- lots of reasons or lots of things that we can be looking at here. So convenience uh, no, certainly no, is a big exactly. One. But yeah. it really uh, is a is a moment of offering. I mean, to yep. drop back from it. Here is our Savior, our Lord, in his moment of absolute desperate physical need, and. They give to him what's easy. Right. Uh, perhaps somebody elbows their way to the front because they want to mock him right. uh, with this. They give him exactly what he does not need. He needs. He doesn't there need vinegar, go. sour wine. He needs water, right. uh, uh, and he tastes it. And you know, uh, in another passage, and and that you know, he just kind of turns away. Yep. Um, so it, it it begs the question of what are we giving to God? Uh, in our in our in our financial offerings, in our worship offerings, yes. in our prayer offerings, yep. in our self offerings, our service offerings, uh, how close are we? Uh, how much do we have in common with people who, when Jesus says, "I am so thirsty," we give them nothing but sour wine? You could make the argument. It's a profound thing to think about in my mind to think that right now, Jesus, in our world, as people suffer. As his people suffer, as people are hungry and people are lonely, it, it, doesn't it make sense that Jesus is sitting right now saying to all of us, I am, I am thirsty. Yes, amen. And then well, what are we giving him? Are we, what are we in response to Jesus saying that phrase in and through the people who suffer in our world? What are we get, What are, are we giving him? Ice water? Or, uh, or are we, are we giving, giving sour wine? Right, right? exactly. Do you well, know you, what I mean? Oh, absolutely. He says, he says, if you do this for the least of these, that you have done this for me. In a, in a in another passage, so here they are, the people that are in our lives that are suffering, and what are we giving them? The convenience, or right. are we giving them something right. that takes us out of our comfort zone? Right. And no, I don't expect everyone to leave their jobs and go work the mission field in a foreign country or here in the United States. That's not what this point is. Right. But it certainly is 
a time to reflect on what we are giving to God yes. in all of the aspects of giving. And there's the season of Lent with that statement right there, because that's what we're supposed to be doing. We're Amen. supposed to really be looking in the mirror uh, at what, we, what we're what we offering to God uh, and and to uh, to make that examination in the name and the spirit of preparing for, for Jesus to make the ultimate sacrifice for us. I mean, here's Jesus, here's God in the flesh, uh, giving to us, and and he's like, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm so thirsty, and we're like, yeah, okay, here's, yeah, here's, here's some wine. Here yeah, you go. Yeah, uh, what's gonna shut him up? Yeah, very interesting portrayal of of human relation with God. Amen. Uh, and Amen. and the God uh, who loves us. Uh, imagine our God saying right now, you know, something. I am really, really thirsty. Uh, the condition of the, of the world. And the condition of my children has left me thirsty. Yep. Are you? And he leaves it to us to quench that thirst. Oh my gosh, is that humbling? That That's is, a that, yes. You know what oh, I'm saying? Cause, that, yeah, because again, a guy like me, and you know, with my ego, goes, "Well, people should be taking care of my needs." And and so for Jesus to look at me and say, "Really, I am thirsty. Yeah. I am thirsty. What are you going to do?" And <laughs> and so so how does this make sense how does this moment make sense to you and how does it not make sense uh, as we as we look at this what we've kind of talked about here and, and and we're getting close to the end of our time how does this make sense and how does it not well i think we've touched upon that is because our our if we it makes sense because i think it's a great like we said it's a great characterization of our current world there is mm-hmm. this incredible thirst right. and it poses us with the question of what we're going to do about it it doesn't make sense though from the standpoint that this is the guy, I mean, this is the guy who can walk on water. Right. This is a guy who raised yeah. Lazarus from the dead. Da, 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 da. Um, I am the way and the truth and the life. Uh, no one comes to the Father except for me. I mean, this is a guy who can save himself from. If he's really thirsty, you know, why doesn't he quench? You know, right. why doesn't he? It's fascinating that he leaves that to us. That he dies. He he's dying in the next breath. In the next moment, he dies. Of, of with excruciating need and thirst and uh, and emptiness, um, it, that doesn't make sense. God has the ability to do anything, right. and this is how He chooses to have His life end. That doesn't make sense, and yet, Keith, it does make sense in the name of grace, in the name of God's love for us. It yeah. makes sense that God wouldn't wouldn't show that it, that the story does not end with God saying, "Okay, that was easy." Right, uh, you know. Yeah. That God oh, exits, wow! Exits, what a great point. You know what I'm saying? He doesn't exit the stage saying, "I've saved your soul, Keith, yep. and it didn't cost me a a, uh, a darn yeah, thing." That's right. uh, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, he didn't walk out, nailed it. Right. Yeah, that there, makes sense. Yeah, uh, to me that, yeah. that God to save your life, your soul, and mine. Um, he had to die uh, didn't just wave his hand and do it, right? Which he could have done. He could have done. You know. I mean, this was, you know, I I guess I go back to the beginning of all things when he just spoke everything else into existence, but he took the time to make the first And human. you took my answer. He, oh, <laughs> there we go, right? Stealing, stealing, the, stealing his answer. No, but I mean... But you know, you think about it. This is how, what a beautiful bookend to, to realize he... He struggled, he didn't, well, of course, God doesn't struggle to make man, but he took the time to purposely, physically make man where it wasn't just, as I love the term, ex nihilo, out of nothing. Right. He he didn't create man like he did everything else. He took the time. And now we see at the other end of the book, him taking the time to, to, to to save us and to redeem us in such a meaningful and, 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 
then now now the trouble comes right now the hard part is is right. he's dying like he's dying right because he is he's man he's a, he's still a human being in dying on a cross right as well as God you know immortal so just an amazing moment in and, Genesis yeah. chapter one I mean Genesis chapter one God says let there be let there right. be light right right exactly sky separation and all this kind of stuff yep. and uh, light in the sky, light, uh, you know, all this kind of stuff. Let there be light. I mean, it's just a command. Uh, it looks pretty effortless. I love that you said, you talked about in Genesis 2, how he involves himself, uh, you know, physically in the creation of man and, and woman. Here is a, a, a complete uh, expenditure of all that God is for yeah. redemption. Yeah. Um, that is something for us to ponder. Amen. That uh, you want God to say, I love you, you want to hear God's voice in your head or have an angel appear to you and say, you know something, Keith, God loves you. Look, here it is. Right. You want to hear that God loves you? Here is God getting to the point where he has absolutely nothing to give in the name of love. What more is there? How much better do you want it to be? I don't, you know, uh, why are you like this, Keith? I'm I'm thinking, no, but I'm serious. How many times have I said, (laughs) if God, if only God would give me a sign (laughs) and he's given me an entire book about it, you know, all I got. So yeah, it's true though. That is very true of me. I sit there and say, you know, God, if you really want me to do this, just, you know, Gideon, right? Right. Make this wet, not this dry. You know, whatever. Right. So, I think, yeah, I think as we wrap up here today, uh, how are you affected when you see Jesus like this? What is this? For me, I, 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 I am humbled that yeah. God would do this for me. You know, I'm, I'm appalled at my, at my sin that put him there, you know, and, and I just, you know, I get a sense of, I get a sense of unworthiness. I, and, and, you know, it's that I'm not that big a deal. Why would he do that for me? Yeah. And, and, and he is the, like we said earlier, he is the big deal. Yeah. And, and so I'm affected by this because one of, this is one of the seven last words of Jesus. This is the fifth of seven phrases. And all he said was, I am thirsty. And you and I can sit here for half an hour and talk about it. And, and get to the place where uh, we realized that he said that because there was nothing more uh, that he could that he could give. Um, if that doesn't move and affect you, the idea that God uh, exhausted everything in his in, in himself to love you, um, I don't know what will affect you if this right. doesn't. Uh, so hopefully uh, we've helped you moved uh, you towards real deep consideration of the character of God right. and and His love for for you today, uh, Keith. That was that was good. Yeah, that uh, was good, great. Good good stuff. And uh, we uh, thank you for joining us here on Megan's old office. We'll uh, continue our series on the seven final words of uh, of Jesus Christ uh, next week. And we're so thankful to have you with us. And uh, we'll see you on next week's episode. Thank you so much for joining us this week on Megan's Old Office. Brought to you by Dundee Presbyterian Church. Please like, subscribe, and share so you and your friends can keep up with us every time we post. You can learn more about us and our church at dpcomaha.org. Find us on Facebook at facebook.com backslash dpcomaha or on Instagram at Megan's Old Office. You can contact us through email at megansoldoffice at gmail.com. Thank you so much for listening today. We truly appreciate it. We'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye.